What's up, Jibbo? Hello, Josh. So, um... <laughs> that sounded vaguely Hannibal Lecter-like. Uh, is this intimidating you or exciting you in some way? <laughs> What's the difference, really? <laughs> mm, it's a thin line, I suppose. Right. Uh, so you had texted me with uh, a suggestion for our next topic that we're going to dive into. Uh, mm-hmm. And that, that topic was the, the best the best opening lyrics. Right. What your original text was. Most and, Right. And then and then you amended it to how about we just go with best lyrics. Um, and, and then and so then you went back and said let's do best opening. And so we just kind of both put together a a, a, a list, we, our own personal list of either openers or lyrics in general. Is that, right. Is that fair to say? I'm just giving our, our our listeners a little bit of a signpost of where we're going to be headed. Because this is kind of well, a, a fun topic, I think. Well, it, it's definitely fair to say, and it's definitely fair to say that when I looked into it, um, it was very, very challenging for me. Um, because there are so – like, it seemed like with each one – well, first of all, um, best lyrics, period, is very challenging if you incorporate any uh, rap music whatsoever. So let's let let, why 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 rap music specifically? Uh, Because I would say, with regard to the number of words per song, that there's bound to be just remarkable things that are said. Um, No matter what, I think that that's rap music is far more lyrical than standard pop, rock, metal, whatever, blues, whatever sort of music that we'd be talking about. Right. Well, I mean, like you, I mean, it's hard to compete with me so horny. Well, that's true. That's true. Um, I don't know how to respond to that because I do. <laughs> but I, I think it's fair to say. I think I think we should just sort of try to set some standards before we dive into it. I mean, because best is automatically a subjective term. Correct. So, well, and it depends on the day of the week. And, and, inver- and invariably, and invariably, no matter what list either of us generated, it's not like we could uh, re- recall instantly every song we've ever heard and enjoyed. And, Correct. And sent their lyrics. So we're going to have a. I, I think it's fair to say that although the original assignment, if you will, was best lyrics, we could just say great lyrics. And this happens to be a incomplete list of great lyrics that we thought of within the last week by one standard or another. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Is that that fair? I mean, wouldn't isn't that more accurate? Because really, even the worst band songwriter is bound to have some really uh, dynamic or profound thoughts here and there, right? And, And it's going to affect different listeners or readers differently at different stages in their life and the way in which they connect. Also, is it great because you can just say it and it'd be great? Or maybe perhaps in within the context of the meter of the song, it's great. And taken out of the context of that song, maybe it's less great, but can't it still can't they still be great lyrics because of the song in which it is contextualized? Okay, okay. Yes. I mean, you get what I'm saying? I believe like, so. Like, for example, for example, we're not going to take it by Twisted Sister. If I just said we're not going to take it anymore, 
uh, that, how great is that just to say? But when you say it within the song, it does have a, a far greater power. But if you change the lyrics to that song to something else, it's not like the song inherently has great power. Uh, I think that's a very, very good example. Is, is that one of your one of your examples? No, that's not one of my examples. That's just an example sort of to clarify wh- why, when we're going to start reading them, that there, it could, that could have been an example of, a, of something that I said, uh, as an opener, but, 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 you know, you know, there, there may be ones that are great for some other reason. So that's why we're, we, great just is going to take, what we said, the, although the original sample was best, let's just call great instead of best. Because we know automatically there are going to be tens of thousands of lyrics that we will have overlooked and kick ourselves for, or that a listener might say, well, why did they say this or that or something? Why those ones in particular? Well, because that's where my mind was this week. Gotcha. And okay. probably for you. Fair? Fair, fair, fair. I, I can go with that. So will we do the back and forth thing? If we can, if we can. Okay, okay. Um, I guess uh, for my part, I would say the first one that jumped out to me, the, the one when we discussed this that I immediately thought of was um, the the song uh, New Minglewood Blues by the, the Grateful Dead, um, which I believe is, is a traditional also, but I was born in the desert and I was raised in a lion's den. And that's a tune that um, I get to sing with the blues band and I get a kick out of it. There are many, many great lines in that song. But I feel like that's such a rip-roaring opener that um, ev- the, there are some times where I have to be, um, say, uh, you know, oftentimes when I have to sing a song, I'll have um, the lyrics in front of me, but it'll just be like the first line, the first, you know, three words of the line, because I'll remember everything else. That one I never, I never do. I, I It's always... So I, I think that's right, that. same again. Just same again and pause at the end of it. Just lyrics. I was born in a desert. Was raised in a lion's den. Powerful. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, but 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 it's only. But you know, it's going to be better within the context of a song, right? Well, also, of, of course, you have the follow-up um, line, which is my number one occupation is stealing women from their men. <laughs> right, and that's a blues, kind of a blues notion. Oh right? yeah, for sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, I, actually, that's that wasn't you know that's similar to the. the I think there's something about the um, I was born part because one of my openers it wasn't with the one I was going to do, but since you started with that one that made my list after I made my list was I was born in a crossfire hurricane. Oh um, um, yeah, oh yeah, by my you know by my mom in the driving range. And I howled on my mom in the driving range. Yeah, right, oh that's, yeah, that's legit. Right, and it's so tough, and and puts uh, and 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 creates imagery, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so your your narr- your narr- your narrator in this case, Jumbo Jack Flash, for anyone who didn't automatically get it, was right. saying, "Listen, I was born into some badass circumstances." You know, and those circumstances in this case were the element. The rain? No, not just the rain. A crossfire hurricane. I don't even know what that is, but it's, <laughs> it's pretty cool, right? Uh, yeah, oh no, I, I, I can definitely, I can definitely swing with that one. Um, the, the, uh, another one that I, I jumped to, which, um, 
I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's just as a result of when this album came out. Um, but to me, um, the from Green Day's Longview, um, uh, Basket Case, do you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once? And I feel yeah, like that sure. encapsulates that sort of youthful um, ignorance and boldness in the sense that things are important and they're not important um, all at the same time. I just I, – and, you know, obviously – I think that it's wrapped up for me when it came out. It came out my senior year, like at the beginning of my senior year. Came out at the same time that I was learning to play guitar, and um, so I, I just feel like that that was super heavy to me. Yeah, I don't think that one requires just. It, it, although it does encapsulate the sort of youthful angst and sort of punk rock feel, I don't think it's limited to just youth. I think people do that their whole life. That, I, that's a strong opener. I, I wish I would thought that one. Okay. Because well, really, it's it's also a variation of the uh, it's all small stuff, but I'm going to complain anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, that's good. Thank you. Um, the another one that jumped out at me uh, was um, on Highway 60, the opening of Highway 61, with the mm-hmm. uh, God said to Abraham, "Kill me a son." Abe says, "Man, you must be putting me on." God says, "No." Abe says, "What?" God say, you better, uh, you, you can do what you want, but next time you uh, see me coming, you better run. Abe mm-hmm. says, what do you want this killing done? <laughs> Out on Highway 61. That's so good. Right, right yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's, I, I think that's, that, that one's super heavy and worth The entire song is extraordinary. The entire song, but what, what an opening. What a bold strategy to say, uh, Basically, that you create me tell the exact story from the Bible, sort of not the exact story, but but the idea that that God would go to someone and say, "Hey, I want you to perform this thing for me." He says, "Wait, are you crazy?" And and sort of uh, recontextualizes God as almost like a like a mafia boss. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll make you an offer you can't refuse. And it sort of. And by the way, do you know what Highway 61 is? Um, is that supposed to be where Robert Johnson sold his soul to the devil? Oh, well, that would be the, the very proverbial crossroads in a long But but the Highway 61 is the highway that connects that runs all the way from Dylan's hometown, which in Minnesota, all the way down to New Orleans. Okay. And it was a, it was a, so it's a, it's a highway that runs straight through the middle of the United States, and it was a major one of the major pathways during the Great Flight of uh, Black people from the South to the North. That was one of the major roads as well. So it, it has a significant um, place in U.S. history, folk okay. as well as real. Okay. Well, I guess then the time is right for me to go with my Dylan line. Uh, which I have from uh, Visions of Joanna, which is Ain't It Just Like the Night to Play Tricks When You're Trying to Be So Quiet. And um, for me, I feel – and I believe that um, Visions of Joanna got, like, the, like, best poem of the century or something like that in 2000 because it's, it's a remarkable song all the way through. But I feel like that – it's almost like a meditation 
on powerlessness and the recognition that even if you want things to go away, they're not going to. So I'll repeat it again. Ain't it just like the night to play tricks when you're trying to be so quiet? Such a gorgeous song. And the the, the thing that strikes me about that song, too, is um, if you listen very carefully, it's, it's like a seven-minute song, but at about five and a half, like he was, as you may or may not know, Dylan was not the most fun guy to record with. And so he would change keys on songs without telling his bandmates and do all sorts of stuff. And there's a point at which um, there's a chord change that the bass player doesn't uh, get the chord change right, but they keep it in there anyway um, in that song. And I, that always strikes me as like lightning in a bottle, that particular song. Sure. That's good. So the, the song in general is one that you connect with, but that line in particular uh yeah it's such a beautiful entry into that song yeah yeah good yeah um well and since we're on the subject of uh night or darkness that that's a good segue into mine which is uh hello darkness my old friend i've come to talk with you again okay I thought, uh, you know Simon Garfunkel, Simon Simon. right 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 I, yeah of course it, it, again the, the 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 greatness of some of these openers Sometimes they're just fun or whatever, but that one, you need to hear more after that, right? And it's also, you know, and, and the familiarity that the narrator has with darkness or maybe depression, um, you, you know, hello, my old friend, I've come to you again. How it, it, you know, the rest of, the rest of it doesn't even matter, although the rest of them are great too. Because the vision softly creeps while I was sleeping, and the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the sound of silence. I just prefer that 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 opening. As I was going through many openings, and I rejected a bunch, but that one kind of came to me last minute. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good one. Always good. Right, that is nice. Um, okay, so I've got and this one. This one's for my mom. Um, the Bruce Springsteen, of course. Uh, born to Run. Uh, in the day we sweated out in the streets of a runaway American dream. The night we ride through mansions of glory and suicide machines. And I could keep going because I think that that song um, stands on its own as practically a class in poetry. But I think that that's, that's, en- that's enough um, to just start to paint the picture that he um, uh, uh, paints in that song. And I think, you know, it was it was hard for me because I also considered um, Thunder Road, which I also think has a um, – it, it's funny. You know, I kind of uh, thought about both of those songs, and I thought that Born to Run is more universal and speaks to the human experience, and um, Thunder Road is more private and speaks to the individual experience. And um, so that's that's why I ended up going with um, uh, Born to Run over Thunder Road. Um, but I think, I think both of the, I think both of those I think the, what you're saying the both of those comments are the same incidentally the human experience versus the individual experience um, that's the whole nature of when we talk about the human experience in art is that so many different individual experiences can connect. 
Right, but, but but I just think like Thunder Road, you know, screen door slams, Mary's dress waves, uh, or sways like a vision she dances across the porch at the radio play. Right, there's there's a specific character is what you're saying. Right, right, right. That that was the point that I was getting to more than that, and um, it was interesting because I heard um, all of a sudden Lincoln of them outliers. Um, uh, shoot, Malcolm Gladwell. Um, the sorts of songs that we connect to and the sorts of stories that we connect to and conversations that we connect to, they are detailed. And that the more details that you include, the more compelling the narrative is, the song is, um, the speech is. And um, I think that that's true, particularly of this, of uh, Thunder Road. And um, I also think it's true of navel gazing. I think it's one of the like the more details that you can include, the more um, well, like I said already, compelling it is. You know that it's not just that um, <clears throat> the Queen's Gambit was good or that Ratchet was bad. It's about the ways in which it is either good or bad, or the reasons why we come to those conclusions. And so I thought that, that was. Interesting. Um, it's, it, it, incidentally, Gladwell is a big fan of country music. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, in the context of a discussion about country music lyrics, as a matter of fact, and yeah, why they so, were. So and so, so I mean, so as much as you wanted to say at the beginning of our discussion that rap music has so many great lyrics, Gladwell might disagree. But the, I don't know how familiar he is with the whole body of rap music catalog. Oh, uh, he, I, I don't think that he would disagree. In fact. Um, in fact, that's fascinating because he does um, talk about that, and he talks about the – in fact, in this particular um, podcast, he talks about the similarities between country music and rap music, and that if you look at the, like, 100 best country songs via Rolling Stone or something, I can't remember which, and the 100 best um, hip-hop songs or rap songs, that you find that they are geographically um, specific – so in other words, with country music, it happens in like Arkansas and Georgia and all these specific places because they talk about specific things. So in other words, and, there's a, they're, they're creating characters in a detail in a place, a time right? Place. And, and in telling, the same, telling them a story. And in the same way, with regard to if you look at those hundred top hip hop albums. Um, that they also all take place in specific locations, like um, Long Beach, like Brooklyn, like Oakland, and and it's the specificity of the background that they that, that they they paint that actually applies to us all, even though um, we aren't all from say Long Beach or Arkansas or whatever the case may be. Yeah, are you sure? Yeah, 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 exactly. So we we got heavy for we we got heavy we've had we've been heavy in the last few lyrics so I'm gonna shift it my um I don't know which two to do because one is kind of goofy and one is really really goofy how goofy should I go uh well I I got one left and I don't think mine's goofy but some might think it is go for uh, let's go less goofy and you can end with your most all right well I have a whole bunch more lyrics that I haven't gotten to by the way these are just the openers. Uh, but, okay. uh, I'll go, yeah, I'll, I'll go, uh, uh, I saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand, walking through the streets of Soho in the rain. And, and is that Werewolf in London? Or I don't know what that is. is, I'm sorry. It is, it, yeah, it's Werewolves in London from Warren Z. Vaughn. And the reason I selected those is simply as an opener, how out there can you get? And, and again, I guess specific. 
you see, you're, you're, the idea that a werewolf had a Chinese menu in his hand walking through the rain, that's, that, that's absurd. But so fun. <laughs> I've, I've not yet seen that. <laughs> I've never, I've never, but, but you instantly get an idea of it, don't you? Right, right. Well, not yet. Not yet, remember. Don't, don't write anything off. Right, right, sure. All right, you okay. go. Okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go not with my goofy one. Um, and what I'll go with instead is, is another song from the same time period, I think a little bit later, yeah, probably about a year and a half later than, um, the Green Day one, but, um, from Oasis Wonderwall, which is one of the songs that is like, uh, perpetually popular. It's one that kids, you know, continue to remember, but where he, he says today is going to be the day that they're going to throw it back to you. By now, you should have somehow realized what you got to do. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. And once again, encapsulating, like I said, that youthful uh, vigor and that youthful faith and belief in something that is more powerful than um, your individual experience. What do you suppose, in this case, the narrator is talking about? Today was going to be the day that they're going to throw it back to you. What is it? And by now, you should have somehow realized what you've got to do. Um, that all of a sudden, the world is going to turn on you. And um, you perhaps were – you should have been prepared for this. That, that – that's that's what I would say. I mean, it's it's almost like I don't know. Uh, you know what? I read an interesting article or uh, uh, an interview with Liam Gallagher, who is the guitar player but also the lyricist, and um, he indicated that most of his lyrics are vaguely stream of consciousness, and that they are really only meant to go along with the melody that's developed. But for some reason. Sure. This one still still sticks with me. Oh yeah, and, no, it's, yeah. That, 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 but, that's to my original point of the greatness is always in a in the ear of the listener. Well, and I also think that the re, one of the reasons why I chose that this one is because it's almost the opposite of the Springsteen slash Malcolm Gladwell thing that we were just talking about. In that, its universality is what makes it um, so palatable, as opposed to its specificity. I think that it is way, way more broad and that we can place whatever we like on that um, as sure. opposed to, again, screen door slams, Mary's Dressways. Right. Okay. Right. So I, have, I, I don't know how much more time you, you got or want to take. I got – because I got a bunch. And we're, we're, at, we're clocking in at just over 20 minutes. Okay. I wanted to give our, some of our listeners a couple of shout-outs. I, I reached out to people like, your, like, like Mo had her, her opener. Uh, but I, but so I'll go with, uh, my funkiest one and then I'll do, uh, follow up with some of the, you know, some of the listeners. And my goofiest one, are you ready for this? Uh, I hope. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Okay, okay. Well, I'm, that definitely paints a picture. Doesn't it? Right. It's not great. No. <laughs> and it, it, it's great in its horribleness. To me, I, the opening, 
with the, and that is another one of those. When you hear the opening music, you know exactly what's coming, and it's so goofy, so ridiculous, arguably ethnocentric. Um, right, right. But <laughs> it gets me every time, and not necessarily a spoof like a Weird Al, although yeah, somehow it feels like it. Yeah. Okay. Um, proceed. Now I'm now I'm nervous. What else comes? Are you going to give any credit to anyone else who's given you these suggestions? Oh no, that was that one was mine, by the way. But uh, uh, I'll take I'll, I'll take full credit for that one. So I reached out to our friend Aaron. Remember uh, Aaron yeah, from the movie theater? I just gave him a quick text. A quick, uh, great lyrics. This is before we stuck with uh, openers. And with with within within a minute, he texts back. I'm much too young to feel this damn old. Okay. That, I think that one, you know, has a, has that. Ha- it it plays with the frequent theme in country music, where you you know, you have the young and the old in the same in the same lyric in the same line, the opposites and the contrast of how what that is like. Not to mention the idea of uh, life hard lived, right? Hmm. And knowing how you how you think you should feel versus how you actually feel. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, do you, I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. I can go. And then my, um, my my friend Beth, she uh, she she had a couple of them. Uh, the first one, <clears throat> the first one that she sent back was, uh, "It's not vicious or malicious. It's just lovely and delicious." I thought that was, that's a great line. I don't know that. That's Groove is in the heart by delight. Okay, well. <laughs> okay. Oh, I thought that was wonderful because so many delirious. I didn't read. I didn't even read half of mine, and so many of mine, with the exception of Kung Fu Fighting and Werewolf, uh, I noted a, a theme of um, I don't know darkness and heaviness and depression and maybe the, maybe just that's the nature of. The, the way emotions imprint on our brain, and so so how we sort of maybe take to measuring profoundness, but I think there's equal gravity in um, delight and joy, and th- those are much harder to capture in lyrics that imprint on you the same way. Yeah, well, I you know what, it, I I guess um, in a similar vein, the one that I have that I felt was kind of uh, potentially goofy was um, so no one told you life was going to be this way, which you know it was actually a song at one point, but obviously becomes the the friends theme song. And um, I do think that there's there's significance to that, and um, and I think that even in the context of the show, as as a former fan, um, I don't know how well it's aged. Uh, well, actually, I know that it's aged well for entertainment purposes, as far as my kids believe. But um, in terms of some of the, there's some problematic stuff in there. But uh, sure. so no one told you life is going to turn out this way. I think it's perfect for, especially that twenty to thirty year old age range. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know, you know, the, yeah, and, and there's some goofy funness to it. And that's one of those ones where if you know the song, you know what to associate with it. Um, you're going to hear those lyrics differently than if you just heard those lyrics in the way you just read them and didn't work familiar with the show. It's kind of heavier. 
mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, they—they—they're your context is everything. Um, how much more time you got? You got you you got more? Uh, well, yeah, of course I have more. Okay, so I don't I don't know if I should go where. I'll, how about four more for each? Cool. You got four. Whoa. Okay, get down on it. Yeah. Is that too many? Is that too many? I, no, no, I can no, edit no. them. Go, go, go. Um, so back, back to head. Uh, from I am, I said by me or by me. Okay. And I am lost, and I can't even say why. So the full lyric is, I am, I said, to no one there, and no one heard at all, not even the chair. I am, I cried. I am, said I. And I am lost, and I can't even say why. And so, yeah, the, why, the whole song is interesting to me. But I think if, when I think about lyrics that imprint the, possibly being able to explain the concept of depression, in as simple terms as possible. It's, it's the, and I am lost, and I can't even say why. The rest of the song sort of does it, too, because he opens off talking about, you know, living in L.A. and wishing he was still in New York and how things are different in New York, and he's not there, and he doesn't feel like he has a home. But there's kind of a silliness to it. And then the second, uh, it's silliness when you try to look at it objectively, not if you know what that feels like, certainly. You know, for anyone who's moved away from the place that they call home and don't necessarily adopt the new home as their own. And then the second verse, you know, he says, do you ever, uh, you ever, you read a story about a frog who dreamed of being a prince and then became one? Well, except for the name and few of the changes when you talk about me, it's the same one. Right? And so he's saying like, hey, everything is going right for me. Who wouldn't want that? But still, there's this, sort of emptiness. So to be able to capture that in just one line, I thought was pretty uh, powerful. Yeah, that is good. Yeah, I like that. Um, so so I will go with, um, we're going to go, I'm going to go back to the stones. Um, please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. I think that the, the, the beauty of that song, of course, is Sympathy for the Devil. But that um, I, I think that song altogether is an awesome tune with so many great lyrics. But as an intro and an opener to what this is going to be about um, and the boldness of it, I just think it's uh, it's remarkable. Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a, I'm a man of wealth and taste. I think that like oh, beautiful. I I, I really it's take polite that and arrogant. As, as uh, simultaneously, right? Yeah. I put it on par with the gutsiness. And that's also songs that I get to sing. I put it on, on par with the gutsiness of the new Maplewood Blues about being born in the desert and raised in a lion's den. Love it. Oh, I think it's even gutsier. I think it's even gutsier. Because I love the – I love and it and, and perhaps quintessentially the way an American might think of a Brit, by the way. Because it starts over – Allow me. Allow me. Again, there's a politeness to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and then, and then after you, he says, please, after I, you know, please allow me because, you know, I'm rich and I understand what's good. Mm-hmm. Right? There, there, there's, there's an inherent, there's such an arrogance that, that could only almost come with 
a royalty or someone near royal, uh, born a born someone born of privilege, and certainly I don't know if we think of the devil as being having privilege, but there is a certain sort of when we say the word devilish, we don't necessarily mean evil, right? Mm-hmm. Someone that gets away with things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah, that's that's a strong one. I wish I thought of that one. Well, thank you very much. So I, you know, as we're, uh, how how many more you want to do? It's two, I think, right? Okay. I don't know. I I was going to do, I was going to do two of one artist, but I think I'm just going to finish with that one artist. Because I don't know how great the lyrics are. They're more um, talking to our, to our time. So I'm going to pivot to, um, I got one from U2. And the lyric is from song one. It's, have you come here for forgiveness? Have you come to raise the dead? Have you come here to play Jesus to the lepers in your head? Did I ask too much? More than a lot. You gave me nothing. Now it's all I got. Yeah, I, did that, going, I, I did consider that one. Yeah, that, that, that feels like more than an opening line, but we'll, we'll, we'll go with it. Well, yeah, I, 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 I've shifted from opening lines, by the way. Now I'm just going with great lyrics in general. Because um, I thought I thought we could do both, but but it, but the opener on that one is pretty good too. I just shifted to my favorite part of that song. Okay, just because like uh, um, and that's that's why I stopped with. Um, well, I guess I went long on Oasis, but I went short on Bruce Springsteen, and then um, I got the Killers, Mr. Brightside, uh, the coming out of my cage, and I've been doing just fine. And he, he, he go, there's more to it than that, but just. Coming out of my cage, and I'm, I've been doing just fine. I think is is an awesome, awesome line as well. By the way, apparently I'm lacking in my adjectives today because all I've got is awesome and great. <laughs> what, what are you gonna do? <laughs> well, I mean, awesome better than great. Well, I, I think it's particularly um, ironic that I'm running out of adjectives in my discussion of the greatest lyrics. But hey. right, well, what? What, what do you need them for? Someone else has done it for you. Right, right exactly. Someone awesome has done them. <laughs> or, or great. Right, right. Either or. Greatly awesome, awesomely great. Right, right. <laughs> so what's, what's your last one? Uh, so so I want to close. So is this the last one we're going to do? Okay, well, you can close and I'll just say my last one then. Um, because I wanted to go out of my way to choose a band that I genuinely and generally um, don't like, which is the Eagles, but I have a soft spot in my heart for the beginning of Take It Easy, where he says, well, I'm running down the road trying to loosen my load. I got seven women on my mind, four that want to own me and two that want to fill me, one says she's a friend of mine. I think that that's that's such a – it feels like it came out of the mouth pre-written. And – if we, if I just did, well, I'm running down the road trying to lose my load, that would work. Right. But I like that you kept going because the songwriters have taken it easy. Whoever came up with that line are the exact mm. opposite of Jay Z. Right, right, right. That's 99 <laughs> problems, everybody. 99 problems. Right. No, no. In fact, 99 problems was going to be one of mine, but I, I chose not to search. I'm not that kind of guy. Sure. Right. Sure. I got you. It is a great. It's, it's a great one. I didn't choose it either. So I'm going to close with uh, a song, the, the closing lyrics of a song that um, 
I don't know how if the song is particularly great. It's great. I, I, I always I always loved it. And it's from an artist that I know that you have a very, very soft spot or a hard on for. Uh, John Mayer. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. And we're coming up on basically the anniversary of the shutdown. And it's March. And so I hear these lyrics. I was listening to this song recently, and I heard these lyrics differently than I'd ever heard them for what the song was probably intended for. And that's the great thing about lyrics, is that you know maybe what the meaning of the songwriter had, but then when looked at from a different way, it can take on a completely different meaning. So I'm just going to read it. Um, And if our always is all that we gave, and we someday take that away, I'll be all right if it was just till St. Patrick's Day. Uh-huh. Love it. I love it so much. Right. <sighs> okay, well, with that said, we, we'll we'll return back um, next week, hopefully with some recipes, some TV watching, and all that sort of thing. Um, all right. Thank, thank you, Jimbo, for your time. Thank you, anybody who's listening for your time. Um, see you soon. See ya. Everybody was kung fu fighting